And the survey says, one more for the cool guys. One more for the cool guys. Y'all ready? Yes, sir. All right. Yo, everybody. Welcome back to another brand new spanking ass episode of Locking Up a Black Pro Wrestling Podcast. My name is James B. Knight, and I hail from parts unknown. And winging in this corner at a whopping two dope boys in a Cadillac. It is your boy, Marcely Jean Pierre. Um, I never know what to say for this, so I'm Keen Cobb. Uh, <laughs> welcome. We uh, we have a guest. Let's a very get it out of the guest. way. Very yeah. special guest. Our very first guest, mind you. I feel like Keen. I feel like I want Keen to do this intro. All right, all right, here we go. <clears throat> Standing at 5'11", all the way from Columbus, O-H-I-O, by way of Nigeria. Please put your hands together for the crown prince, the one day will be king, the always fustigated, never fumigated, always in someone's DMs. Satoyo. Only one name. That's all you need. Satoyo. That's it. Hey, guys. It's so good to be here. So thank you so much for having me. Also, thanks to my brother, King Cobb, for giving me the proper uh, build pro wrestler height. He said 5'11". I am 5'9". And you're working the gimmick, brother. You got to accentuate for this. So, yeah. So, yeah. Glad to be here. (laughs) Yeah. Satoyo, your name has been mentioned on this podcast probably more than anybody else. Uh, Literally. Hey. So, um, yeah, just just based off of different conversations. So it was only right that you are our first guest on this show. I'm psyched. I'm pumped. I'm glad to be a part of it. Yeah. So I think maybe like just to just to up top kind of get it out. Uh, what what's your what's your pro wrestling history like? What's your what's your first memory of uh, pro wrestling? Oh, um, 1988, the power. I was four years old. It was 1988, the Power Hour, Sting versus Ric Flair. So I started, my introduction to pro wrestling was literally because it was the only thing that my father ever did that was sedentary. My father was always a guy who was on the move. He was never really at home or present, but he would always sit down to watch pro wrestling. So I would sit down next to him to basically, you know, in a way like a kid just trying to have time with his dad who wasn't really particularly doing anything. And I saw Sting versus Ric Flair. And this is a 28, 29-year-old Sting. So he's just, his face, he's like, he was so raw. And he was just a, he was a comic book character sort of come to life. And he was really flashy. The face paint was really out of control and menacing. It was much more like closer to the Road Warriors at the time than it would be in later incarnations of Sting in the 90s. And uh, he, was the, he, was a, he was a wild man. And I thought he was the neatest guy I had ever seen in my entire life and i was literally hooked from then um that and then from there since wcw was the first thing that i started watching i was always watching wcw uh very shortly after started watching wwf uh in terms of wrestling quality was always generally a wcw guy because for the large part of their run the in-ring product was just far superior uh this not to say that wwf did not have great workers but just not to the same degree but yeah, man, it's it's been since I was a kid, and now here we are, thirty three years later, and I still watch the shit. So yeah, yeah. Uh, part of a, uh, I was gonna say you're part of a very a very exclusive club of uh, niggas who've been watching wrestling since uh, we were kids, and and still do that shit in our thirties. Yeah, uh, yeah. And at this point, you gotta like explain it to people. You have to. Yeah. <laughs> Because remember when you was a teen, you'd be like, oh, yeah, a little bit. Now I'm just like, hey, man, look, it's me. You just got to, yeah. like, listen, I watch pro wrestling. My shit come from trauma. How you watch yourself? <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> uh, before we continue, I fucking told you. Uh, secondly, uh, <laughs> the thing uh, with, I think, that finds the most interesting with Satoyo that I'm not sure if I brought it up before is the fact that, uh, unlike us, he never took a break. Yeah. He, this was... The whole time, so yep. shout out to him for that. I've been here the through some through some lean years, man. It been 
it, especially when they're like it was really only the e on top man that shit was bad bro yeah that shit was i was down bad out here but it was it's like one of those things i'm not irish but i see how irish people who can just stay in dysfunctional relationships till death they're like nah, <laughs> i'm not giving it up like, i put too many years in like, I, you think i'm gonna quit now no i'm not gonna be wrong about this Right. You're you not know? built that way. You know, yeah. you're not built to nah, invest in nah. and then just quit like that. No, nah, but <laughs> thankfully we are in sort of a period where like I can safely say right now as a wrestling fan, I think this is the this is the most fun I've had as a wrestling fan and, and since 2000, you know, basically since the beginning of this millennia, which is saying something, but it's the most exciting time for me as a wrestling fan. Hell yeah. I was just going to say, I remember when I thought the most exciting time for me was going to be, and it was right before I stopped watching it, was when everything was like, you know, everybody was together. It was WCW, it was ECW, WWE. I was like, oh, this is great. This is, this has to be great. It wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> it was terrible. God awful. Yeah, because you had, because you, you had, you, Vince was starting to show his, his age and his feebleness and his intentions for what he wanted the company to be going forward, which was no longer a, 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 you know, pro wrestling company. I mean, I always go back to a pivotal moment in that movie beyond the mat that I believe came out in 1988, 1989 or 1980 or 1998, 1989. There was a, there was a moment and he makes sure he's mic'd up so you can hear him swallow. And he's like, we make movies. <laughs> and right then, mm-hmm. there, I remember being like, ooh, that's bad. Nah, and from then bad. on, that, that's sort of what he's wanted his pro- his, the, the, uh, the product to be for a very, very long time. And, and for better or worse, you've seen the manifestation of it because WWE is more into brand building and less into star building than they've ever been before. I don't know if you've ever seen one of those WWE movies, but Jesus Christ. <laughs> and, and well, you see, they ain't, they, they stopped doing them. <laughs> even, even, <laughs> look, even before pandemic, they was like, Hey man, we got it. We got our, our biggest draw is the Miz in, in the Marine. We gotta, we gotta come on now. Come yeah, we on gotta now. Calibrate. Like, we gotta recalibrate. Yeah. <laughs> We had the yeah. Marine Seven, and it's the Miz, and it's mm-hmm. like, all right, we didn't. This is a pivot we didn't really yeah. expect. And <laughs> well, we can we can bring Becky Lynch into this, but she just want time off. <laughs> Punk, Punk even said, "Yeah, I want to do one of those stupid movies. I wanted six weeks off." <laughs> like word, that's telling as hell too. Super telling. Yes, very much so. Uh, really quickly, too. Um, you, you don't have to answer this. We, uh, you don't have to answer answer this right now. But eventually, by the end of the episode, um, so a few episodes ago, each of us created a stable of <clears throat> of black wrestlers, and uh, five. Our knows first. Our knows first pick. Our know <laughs> his first pick. Oh. So All you right. have to create your uh, an original stable of five black wrestlers um, okay. of all time. You know, you could use current, you can use old. Um, and the only stipulation is that no two wrestlers in this stable uh, were ever in a stable in real life or they were never in a tag team together. You know, so you can't use any two members of the nation. You can't use any two neighbors, uh, uh, members of the New Day. Okay. All right. Do you does, does somebody have a record of ours outside of like the audio? Like, did somebody write it down? I I, I, mean, I thought Mars did. I did I've already, somewhere. I've okay. already got my. I've, I've already got my first three names for this oh, thing. Shit. Oh, word. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, then let's. Yeah. yeah, it seems like you're you're ready to go. So let's uh, let's hear what okay, you got so let's far. Go. This is gonna be this is gonna be surprising. This is even surprising me. Oh yeah, I got it. Yeah, that was light. Okay, <laughs> that was light. In no particular order, mm-hmm. number one Booker T, number two mm-hmm. Kofi Kingston, number three Ron Simmons from his WCW era when he was the WCW World's Heavyweight Champion, number four Powerhouse Hobbs, and rounding That's out the, the new list, one. Yeah, and rounding out the list at number five, Two Cold Scorpio. There it is. I knew Respect. it. I fucking knew it. Respect. <laughs> I was waiting for it. One of the most Respect. underrated high flyers of all times. Never Respect. gets the amount of credit that he properly deserves. Shouts to Tuco Scorpio Respect. and his 18 children. 
<laughs> man, look, I love Tuco. I'm a Tuco Scorpio guy too. But man, like when he accidentally drops that fucking dumper on you, when he does that. <laughs> oh, when he when he like when he when he sat on Benoit's head at Slambury '93, and you were like, "That's the first concussion." That's like, it. Nigga. I got that yeah. shit on VHS back at my mom's house. Keep in mind that was a, that was what Two Cold Scorpio and Marcus Alexander Bagwell is actually a really Ooh, good team. Yeah, first yeah. Bobby, first Bobby Eaton and Chris Benoit, and it, they had this barn burner of an opener at Slamboree '93. And keep in mind the month before that at, at, at Super Brawl, or two months before that, I'm sorry, at Super Brawl, Chris Benoit and Two Cold Scorpio like blew the house off, like with this incredible match uh, that was only topped by Sting versus Vader in the strap match. But anyway, at Slamboree 93, they had this amazing match that these people in, in Atlanta, they're seeing this new type of tag team wrestling in the finish. Scorpio just goes up top, just does a does a front flip twist in midair, whole ass lands <laughs> on Benoit's whole cranium head. And Benoit didn't got to sell nothing. He gone. He mm. is gone. He is, he had, and we came to find out too many more of those other people had gone. Yeah. 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 And, yeah. Chris Benoit was not, you know, kind to his own temple. No, he, uh, he, he he already, you know, was, you know, headbutting people and, you know, doing jumping head dives from the fucking top rope. Just yeah, unprotected. He, just just naked headbutts. Yeah. Because like, I was watching, I was watching Bam Bam Bigelow uh, wrestle on like WCW Thunder, like old Thunder reruns the other day. And he had a whole match with, with uh, a young Kaz Hayashi. I don't know if that's his name. Yeah. And he, and he, for like, I'd say it was about a 10 minute match. And like 90% of his moves were all headbutt based. Yeah. But he always protected his head. Like he yep. never actually fell. He <laughs> fell on his forearm or he did this. But Benoit, boy, he was taking that to the face. Because Benoit yeah. came from that style of wrestler. I mean, much like a Harley race who, who invented the diving headbutt. But even and then, apologize for it. He was like, I wish I never created that shit. And mm. even in, even in his era, he did it from the second rope, which was like crazy at the time. It was, and then it was, of course, Tom Billington, the Dynamite Kid, yeah, who Dynamite Kid, patterned yeah. himself yeah. after. It was Dino. It was like as much as Harley apologized for it. I understand. It was more Dynamite. I mean, that guy. While Bret Hart will even sit there and say, "No, pound for pound, that guy's the greatest," and I would never argue against it. But the template of how he lived his life in terms of the, the punishment that he took in the ring, Benoit very clearly monitored or mirrored that. And also, like, especially when it comes to stuff like just concussive blows to the heads with the chair shots and everything, that was the culture. Like, yeah. you, didn't, you didn't put your hand up. If you put your hand up when they're swinging that chair, that's heat. And mm -hmm. only a select few could get away with putting their hand up. And that was in the late 90s to early 2000s. And that was literally like the rock, you know what I'm saying? Like who could get away with that. But even then it's like one hand on the thing. So like, yeah, Benoit. Yeah, Dwayne, <laughs> Dwayne was like, fuck that. I'm going to Hollywood. Y'all <laughs> yeah, better protect yeah, this I'm face. Getting, I'm getting this, I'm getting this money, man. You're not finna, <laughs> not finna do that to me out here. But, uh, <laughs> but no, like, yeah, I mean that whole time period, when you look at guys like Scorpio and Benoit and even Scorpio, he's still around, but he has paid the price for a lot of that stuff that, that he was doing, you know, but, uh, he was one of the best of his time period ever. Uh, yeah. Certainly served a lot more when he went back to WWF in his final run there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That Flash Funk run. Yeah. Flash <laughs> Funk. Let's make, the black, let's make the black man a pimp. <laughs> yep. I think that was like their first time where they were like, oh, black guy, we're going to make him dance and give him uh -huh. two women. Uh -huh. <laughs> and they would carry that tradition throughout uh, yeah. multiple, multiple other wrestlers. Yep. I was like, oh, okay, we don't need, we listen, we don't need the nigga to dance. Let's just get Godfather in on this. And he can just, hey, listen, he can just cut a better promo. He can get over. Like, yeah. like we, still yeah. got the, we still got fur coats in the back. So hey. might as well put them to use. It worked on somebody. I mean, Godfather mm -hmm. was an intercontinental champion. So, He's a legend. Yeah. He's more of a yeah. legend. What was his face that tried to do it again? The dinosaur motherfucker? I can't remember his name right now. Oh, Brodus Clay. Clay? Yeah, 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 that yeah. that guy. Yeah. That song, his intro music was the dumbest shit. It was somebody better call my mama. I'm like, you know the number. What you doing? I don't know her number. If I do know her number, you should be upset. Yeah, I think we have to re remember so often that wrestling by nature is carny, but also by extension, 
you know, a lot of these professional wrestling companies. And for the sake of the listeners, I, if I do refer to WWE and you feel like I refer to them too much, that is because they have been the dominating brand of professional wrestling for over 20 years, uh, at least in the United States. But the WWE, I mean, they're as unsophisticated as their fans in many respects with how they view different groups of people. <laughs> so in Vince's mind, it's just like, oh, okay, when I was a young man, you know, there was, uh, there was what it was. A, it was a super funk, no, super fly, and it was good. And it, like, so it's like there's mm-hmm. been, no, even you go 20, 30 years later from his initial thought in the 70s, it didn't appear that there was any sophistication. And even if there was, and Vince, Vince is still so uh, 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 occupation-obsessed mm-hmm. with many of his wrestlers that he's like, no, you'll just be a pimp and it'll be fine. I yeah. mean, people like, no, Vince has kind of gotten away from that. Then why are they saying Karrion Clark crosses a gladiator now? Yeah, that's terrible. Because he has an occupation. Yes, no, he's he's Maximus's cousin. <laughs> like he's like, yeah. okay, come on. I don't know how Vince happened to make me dislike Karrion Cross more than I already did. Well, Vince, I wasn't a huge fan of him to begin with. Just saying, there it is. There now it is. I, I'm gonna say this: I love Killer Cross. Uh, I was a fan of Karrion Cross. Uh, Karrion doesn't do nearly as much as Killer, and is t- and Killer's uh, impact. Uh, run uh but what i will say about this is that vince has the noted ability that if he wants to he can because again so much of wwe's product and so much of how they get you is in presentation so you don't there's no wrestler that is over in wwe that doesn't have an entrance that smacks in some form or right so what do you do when you don't want that to work no more you you make that entrance smaller you take away so many elements of it and carrying Cross's ring entrance in NXT was so dope and so unique and helped accentuate the character in ring. And what did Vince do? Vince modifies it. He makes it smaller. He makes it less impactful. He makes it Scarlet away. (laughs) It disappeared. He makes it, he makes it in some way uh, like he just, it's what he waters it down and makes it almost nonsensical as it relates to the initial the initial presentation. And I, I've said this before, and I'm like, hey, man, look, you take Triple H's entrance away from him, that's about the coolest thing about him, belt, like belt, everything yeah. about him suffers if you take away that entrance or you make it smaller or you minimize it. If you take, and again, Triple H gets to do whatever he wants to with his entrance, and we all know why, and that's fine. But if you minimize that thing and you make it smaller, the impact goes away. His, 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 the to- and then the match quality goes away. It diminishes mm-hmm. a bit because the presentation was off. That's 100%. And it's, it always sucks when you see a dope-ass NXT entrance. Like, I was so looking forward to Aleister Black coming up mm-hmm. on the main roster and just, you know, being and able that to shit do was trash. Shit. Yep, they just took everything cool out of that shit. And then, like, St. Finn Balor, they gave uh-huh. it a They gave it a little bit. You know, they allowed him to do his uh, his full, you know, you know the the little it was like the heartbeat and all that shit that just led into his uh his song but um yeah they just watered that shit down took his demon away made yeah, him a regular yeah. ass dude yeah. with a leather put this leather jacket on nigga and just and fucking smile, <laughs> smile. Well, and we're and gonna get a close a camera close up of your crotch and that's well, it wasn't, wasn't that the thing? <laughs> he was the smiley guy for a long time he goes to nxt and then he becomes he becomes the rock and roller again from like his New Japan days. And if you notice, his entrance gets way more serious. And to me, his NXT entrance is my favorite entrance of it's his. So good because it was it was so subtle. It was pointing with the bullet fingers and the, his presentation. He's like, Nah, man, the, I don't watch the business. The business watches me. And I was like, That's dope. He goes back to SmackDown, and it's more like it was before he left. You know what I'm saying? Although, although he kept certain elements of it, but now he has to do the yeah, which I was never into that uh, that much. But I understand the kids love it. So yeah, I fucked with it. I ain't gonna lie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, a, I'm, a shit all time. Yeah. I'm a little kid. I'm a little kid. I was. Yeah. I used to just wait for him. Be like, ah. yeah, 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 right. So <laughs> yeah, but I think so much of this stuff is is the presentation, and if they don't want. If they don't want you to be presented appropriately, then you just you just won't be. <laughs> that that's just gonna yeah. be that's just sort of gonna be it. I mean, we have seen that we saw that at SummerSlam, and also not for nothing with AEW, we saw this past week how presentation 
really, really matters with respect mm-hmm. to CM Punk's return after seven years. Um, you know, which what a return that was. Yeah, let me let let's ask you about that. So tell us about when you were watching it, what feelings <laughs> rushed through your body and what uh thoughts came through your mind. What what was it like for you watching CM Punk return? I, I thought it was perfect. I thought it was perfect. You know, the thing about it is, is that I think sometimes in in pro wrestling, there's too much emphasis put on the 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 shocking return or the shocking surprise. No, anticipation is equally, if not more so powerful, right? So when the audience has an understanding that the person's coming back tonight, it doesn't do anything to diminish the audience's enthusiasm for the performer's return. In fact, it can intensify it because that's why there and much like when triple h returned from his torn quad uh in the garden in 2001 that pop was crazy but Mm -hmm. everyone knew he was coming back that night and was the crowd less into it no they were more into it because they knew cm punk same thing like Mm -hmm. i was holding out with bells i'll believe it when i see it her cult cult of personality and he came out the road warrior pop now should be changed to the cm punk pop I mean, yeah. that thing was massive. And it was just such a beautiful, organic moment where you saw an individual who really felt like he needed to, that he was ready to come back and the swell of emotion that he had. And the audience had, I mean, again, pro wrestling, when it's done so good, can make you cry. So when you saw the guy, the people in the audience crying and everything like that, because seven years is a long time. And we were all younger people seven years ago. And, you know, and and we were all different people seven years ago, uh, but we wanted that moment and that guy to come back. And the audience was just so into it. Uh, they loved it. You could tell he loved it. It was an organic moment that was not overly produced. Um, you know, Punk was jumping into the audience. I didn't like that too much. I mean, I, still I was so worried. I was like, hey, bro, crazy, you, about to get, you, like, bro, you know, you in the Midwest, you know, not all them people vaccinated <laughs> like that. Out there. I'm from there. I'm from there. So, but I, but I thought that was great. I thought the promo that he cut again, perfect, uh, because it was an honest, heartfelt promo. And again, as all of us being performers of, of varying uh, of, of varying art forms, the thing I like most about someone who's comfortable in their ability to, to talk and to engage with an audience, they don't need to really have a plan. They can be like, I'll figure it out when I get up there. Now, is that ideal every time? No. But for moments like that, when you want it, when he's like, I got to be honest to what I'm feeling in this moment, that was perfect. Uh, I thought the promo was perfect. Uh, He got to go in the directions that he wanted to. He got to put Darby Allen over. And the beauty of that situation that in Chicago, Darby Allen was getting Darby chance. Yeah. Master, like, it's like, yo, even I'm still giving you the rub and the fans are such a fan of the product that boom, you get in the rub, you know, you're yep. getting the rub and, and everybody, everybody got over in that particular instance. So I, I was, I was a really, really big fan of it. And I think also it shows there's nothing wrong with giving the people pretty clear advanced notice that one of your favorites is coming back. You don't have to do a shotgun surprise every single time. That's not yeah. that's honestly, not always the most effective thing. Yeah. You know, and so, yeah. Yeah. The way that they planted those Easter eggs and we're kind of like, hey, uh, you know, we're, we're let's wear this like chick magnet T-shirt or like just reference him in these like different ways that the it's like a wink to the audience and letting us know that, yo, he's coming. Um, and, and again, guess what? Big numbers immediately. Rampage yeah. does uh, over a million uh, views on a Friday night at 10 p.m. Yeah. when we outside, Which is wild, right. wild, wild, and and then on top of that, the moment he comes out, they open up uh, in the arena. They open up the the merch stand with his merch, sold out immediately, and then within 24 hours on shopaew.com and Pro Wrestling Tees, all of this shit is sold out. So mm. again, from the site, if I remember right, from the site, yeah. So again, that is legitimate needle moving. <laughs> so yeah. That's, yeah. So if we're, if we're gonna talk, I'm tired about of that phrase. Now. Don't don't say that. I'm tired of that. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm so annoyed with it already. You're, you're you're allowed to be annoyed with it because the person who uttered it was saying a stupid thing that they were probably mm-hmm. told to say. So, but again, it's like, well, you you can't really do that because CM Punk, for better or worse, uh, whether people like it or not, and most of the people do like it, is a transcendent talent. Uh, people right. can't act like he wasn't a needle mover when for seven years. 
in, in various arenas around the world, especially various WWE arenas around the world, for hundreds of nights a year, they would be chanting the name of a man who had long ago left the company, and they never right. stopped. So people can't act like the man the man the man has just been back on ESPN talking about AEW. The man was yeah. on ESPN and all these other various platforms independent of his WWE run. So, I mean, you know, the guy, the man got the juice and we'll see what, what he has left in the ring. I, I think, I don't think he's going to be any worse than what he was. Cause again, there was a time period where we all thought overall CM Punk was the best in the world. So I do believe that, uh, I still believe that he'll be able to give us as much as he has in the tank and make for compelling matches because that was more his thing, compelling yeah. matches and storylines. Yeah, he's a he's good at being uh, at leading matches too and, and kind of uh, drawing them out. You could tell like there's a difference between a CM Punk match and in a lot of, you know a lot of other cats. So yes, yeah. like think back, just think back to like that one WrestleMania when he was wrestling uh, Jericho, I believe. Yes. Yep. Like that was just supposed to be a middle of the card fucking bullshit match. Mm-hmm. They made us care about that yeah. shit. Yeah. Yeah. I <laughs> they mean they, personal they, trauma into that shit. Like it was it was great. It was beautiful. It was a yeah. tremendous, it was a tremendous, tremendous piece of business. And again, his psychology is good. Even if you're older and your skill set or your athleticism goes away, that's fine. That happens to every great wrestler. But your psychology can still remain on point. You know what I'm saying? There's a reason. Undertaker was able to wrestle for forever. Now, was it because he was working less dates? Sure. But it, was yeah, that's it. Because, but it was also because that one, he got to work more in terms of like, he didn't have to no sell everything and his psychology got better. He had a better mm-hmm. understanding of his match and the expectations of him, you know, in the ring. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what are you currently watching? Um, are you are you a fan of uh, Raw, SmackDown, AEW? How I mean, there's there's fucking wrestling every there's, night. So, so what I got, yeah. So what I got to do is I got to. I'm always playing catch up. So I watch AEW. Um, I really, I mean, I'm a fan of their product. Uh, I do. I try to get through because I'm a Bobby Lashley fan. I'm a Drew McIntyre fan. I'm a Damian Priest fan. I watch as much as raw as my body can allow. <laughs> um, I, uh, I do watch the, I watch dark. I watch elevation. Uh, I watch as much of uh, NWA power that I can catch. Yeah. Um, I watch as much of ring of honor as I can catch. I do watch SmackDown. However, I do feel, and I know this is blasphemous to say SmackDown, much like the rest of WWE has mortgaged their company on one guy for the past five, six years. And now they're trying to rewrite history and say, we're getting positive returns on this guy. And I'm like, well, yes, after you've already mortgaged so much for him. So while I do understand and do like the storyline that they're doing right now with the with the bloodline, it is a very one. It, it doesn't have many facets and layers to it to me. Um, and I think people are making much ado about things that are sometimes nothing because they are happy to see Roman Reigns succeed because he's now a heel like they've always wanted him to be for the past six years. And to that, I say, that's cool. Not enough for me. Uh, but they do actually at least have a good storyline that kind of dictates the whole show of SmackDown. Um, and uh, it's two hours, so it can't hurt me that yeah. much. So, and Roman really doesn't have to do much anymore. Like He doesn't wrestle no. often at all. No, and, no. and I, he's under. I don't even think that he necessarily, you know, needs to, um, you know, especially, you know, for the for the purposes of he's immunocompromised. So to me, it's just like yeah, straight up. You don't really got. You don't really have to do that. You know, nearly as much if you don't, if you don't got to. So right. and also for the purposes of his character, you know, sometimes less is more. You know, um, I, you don't really. He's not that type of champion. You know what I'm saying? It's not that type. You would expect a babyface to be wrestling more, or even you know Kenny Omega in the beginning of his AEW World Title run. He was wrestling a lot, you know. So like, yeah. like that. But no, Roman, not not really. Especially when, uh, not for nothing, the SmackDown talent pool in terms of top credible credible faces is very slim. So you don't you don't want him blowing through people 
immediately you just you can't have that i mean the guy took a, just to give you an idea of how slim their roster is at the top he took on Rey mysterio in a hell in a cell match for goodness sakes regardless of the quality of the match it was the fact that they had that match and they're like yeah we'll just give this away on friday or the fact that all of a sudden he took on cesaro and yeah they sure they had a great match yes it was i think that's did anyone think cesaro would win no and I said it when it happened. Cesaro's going to go to sleep, and he's going to disappear. <laughs> and that's exactly <laughs> what wound up Damn. happening. So, you know. Uh, where, where was the last time we saw Cesaro? Nigga, he is he is on up, up, down, down, playing Uno and bocce <laughs> yeah. ball every week with Xavier Woods and, and, and Enjoying Tyler his time, Breeze, drinking his coffee, blast. and <laughs> just getting paid. So Damn, I'm not Mary. mad at him at all. I ain't mad at him at all. Nah, you, nah. First of all, you, you, for, you 41-year-old man, collect your money. Get yep. your money, get get everything that you got. I ain't, I ain't mad at you. I ain't even mad mm-hmm. at you. That's fine. It's fine by real, me. Real quick, real quick, uh, because Mr. Toyo talks about talk about this a lot, where it's like they 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 just purposely say fuck you to the fans because they have so much talent that they could build. When you mentioned when you mentioned Cesaro, it made me think when um when Seth blew his knee out after that sunset power bomb like in europe or whatever yeah, yeah. he i think he, he might have been under he might have been under already he might have been just getting out of surgery but he was legit saying like look when i come back i'm getting my title back i don't care who has it he ran up this whole list of guys mm-hmm. that we want to see win he was mm-hmm. like if bad news baird has it if cesaro has it. he just named all his guys and like <laughs> ain't none of them niggas touch it ain't vince, none of them niggas even vince was close. back there like no no uh no, no. uh <laughs> nope uh, no. <laughs> most, 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 most of them dudes ain't even there no more. And and the thing about it is, like, competition can bring out the best in a in a product that wants to be seen as relevant and dominant. The worst thing that could have ever happened to Vince McMahon, on top of just him aging and and coming from the dysfunctions that he came from within his family, uh, that are dubious to say the very least. Mm. The worst thing that could have happened to him from a creative standpoint is not even going public, but just WCW going away. And, yeah. and then him sort of bungling, you know, sort of the, the rollout of the invasion. So he, again, he got to do what it is that he wanted, not so much what the fans were responding to. So yeah. this, this is why I can, and again, this is not to say that Roman Reigns is the first uh, guy that was just being pushed to the moon that no one wanted to be pushed that hard. But he, this is to say that Roman Reigns was being pushed harder than anyone else to the detriment of the overall product because yeah. there were so many guys in other positions, so many stars that you could have made that then a guy like Roman could potentially work with. But no, what you do is you burn them out. You, you start, stop them. You know what I'm saying? You, yeah. you give them this, then you take it away. So one minute he's bad news, Barrett. He's over. He's over like Rover. Well, Vince doesn't really like that. That wasn't really the thing he wanted. So he's going to win the King of the Ring. That's good news, right? No, because now he's King Barrett. And now right. it's going to be a, you know, a joke. So I do believe that, unfortunately, um, the lack of competition made Vince say, who do I like as <laughs> yeah. opposed to who are mm-hmm. the people responding to because I need to make new stars because there's this other company over here doing X, Y, and Z, and they're creating new stars. You know, yeah. and in WCW's case, quite frankly, they weren't even creating new stars. They had Sting and then they had Goldberg, which they stumbled onto. That was kind of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, Goldberg was kind of like a lucky accident that right. they just happened to capitalize on. But like, yeah. yeah, like you said, everybody else was pretty much WWE. I mean, it's it's not very different from AEW in, in certain ways. But um, but yeah, WCW was a lot of old heads, but they knew what they were doing. And they figured out a way. They figured out kind of like the cheat code of like, all right, how can we... Uh, make people think that some of that this invasion thing is real with the NWO yeah. and like yeah. let's just lean into the badass yeah. you know gang mentality type of storyline and the shit just worked it was captivating yeah. WCW made us care about Glacier god yeah. damn it yeah. <laughs> we cared about hey, Glacier man, Glacier was the man Glacier <laughs> was, was cool, Glacier was cool. <laughs> I knew yeah. even as a kid I was like hey man he cool bro like I knew I was in the world <laughs> So no one yeah, can tell exactly. He did that karate, cool. that right. karate vignette. I was like, yeah. oh yeah, yep, that's it. But, He's the one. <laughs> but yeah, I think that to, then to lead into, you know, we just had SummerSlam, and uh, that was cool. They're like, you know, the highest grossing SummerSlam of all time. This is true. Caveat that must be talked about and must be fair. 
uh, because everyone's tribal chief said, look at that legitimate needle moving. Well, one, it's the first SummerSlam dome show since 1992. So adjust for inflation with yeah. prices, number one, 50 some odd thousand people. So yes, it will be the highest grossing one, especially when you adjust for inflation. I would expect it to be. This is not to diminish uh, Roman versus Cena in the main event, but this is to say it doesn't matter nearly as much as they want you to believe that it does. Because again, as I said from the outset, this is a company that is more interested in brand building, which they've been very honest about. They want the marquee to sell out. They don't want, oh, it's Stone Cold. or that. They don't want that. They want the WWE marquee to be the reason that people come. Uh, that's why even their house shows now, they're called the WWE Super Show. But mm -hmm. it's more the fact that they want the brand to sell more than anything else. We can put anyone, as we have seen, we can put yeah. anyone in that position. Yeah, they think they're the fucking Patriots, but they're not. Uh, <laughs> you ain't well, Bill Belichick. And it's, uh, the thing is, like, they, the, it, I feel like they would do so much better if they, if they just compromised a little bit. If Vince was like, all right, I'm a, I'm a prioritize the brand. And I'm going to prioritize the presentation, but still give you some dope matches, still allow, like, people who the fans want to see to get, like, you know, if, if he's following what the people are saying, then you're going to have, you're already in the perfect position to be able to, to give us a little something. And I, I think I made the analogy a, a couple episodes ago, but it's like watching Avengers Endgame. There's a bunch of fan service that's in that shit, but it's like, it's mixed in with a lot of, storylines and like twists and turns that we didn't expect so it's like you do your thing you know what i'm saying you still are marvel you're still the avengers and all that let us see some, the fucking captain america swing that hammer like that that that's a fucking pop you know what i mean that's how you get it because right. people are anticipating it but people don't know that they're gonna get it yeah. um but instead vince is like nah fuck that mm -hmm. do yeah. what i want to do I think he's going to be more apt to, he's going to have to adjust a little bit. Now the, the reports are, and again, this is, I will, I'll be, I'll be honest. I mean, raw had a good run there for a few years where they would give you matches that would get a commercial break or two generally during the John Cena us open title run and, and things of that sort. So while you would get to see your Cesaro's, your Dolph Ziggler's and others in these really good matches with John, it, it was just to have John win and bolster the United States title, but it didn't really help make those guys any, right? Mm -hmm. They once again, uh, the perpetual, always the bridesmaids, never the bride, you know, uh, type of positioning there. So I, I think that he'll be under more pressure to adjust, um, but, you know, it depends on the metrics that he's looking at. Now, the reports yeah. are Bruce Pritchard and and uh and vince mcmahon are taking over the production of nxt I know. oh you got to see I sort of know. what that looks like that's only concerning to me because of how often you hear about vince mcmahon being unhappy with the the script hours before the show and then switching things up Man. uh again these are problems that apparently and i do believe based on what i know let me say that clearly these are problems that he created for himself when he said, I want writers and I want multiple mm -hmm. writers. I want a mm -hmm. team of writers. AEW does something that I enjoy. NWA does something that I enjoy. Ring of Honor does something that I enjoy. They book a wrestling show. Yeah, word. Book it. You book it. You don't have to, you don't have to overcomplicate it. You don't have to write it to the moon. You don't have to have so many cooks in that kitchen, especially some of these cooks who don't have not I'm not saying everyone in there needs to have wrestling uh, you know experience and not knowledge of the product I'm not saying that I am but you should no. at least know that Bobby yeah. Lashley's name I'm not gonna get on Kenise too much I'm <laughs> oh no we dunked we a couple episodes we dunked we we, uh, uh, we, went, <laughs> we went on the run I, like, I, ah. I, I, here's the, here's the reason I ain't gonna dunk on here's the reason I wouldn't do that because she's a stand-up comic and she's a sure. great writer and you know how hard it is for a black woman as a comic to secure the bag and some health insurance. You know what I'm Absolutely. saying? Like, so, so, yeah. so, so for me, I was like, you know what? I, I ain't going to do it because I know why they got her in there because none of them niggas can write comedy. So yeah, yeah. yeah put, her, put her in there to do that. And then the backlash to it when she was just being honest, I see, I don't worry about the homies. Like to me, I always looked at it from the perspective of, Okay, look at what these incel losers on the internet are going to say about black. <laughs> That's real shit. Yeah, yeah. Black woman, like she had to privatize her social media accounts because these, these fucking up, losers were out here attacking and saying vile shit about her, trying to figure out where she was at. 
Like, mm-hmm. so that's when I was yeah. just like, nah, man, like, you could not like that person, but y'all didn't have that same energy for Freddie Prince. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. Like, y'all, y'all, yeah. y'all, y'all wasn't carrying it that way for him. So why is, yeah. why Janice got to get that? That so I, right. I, I wasn't, I wasn't on board with that simply because I know how they go and talk to black people. I know how they're going to talk to black women. They, they this, mm-hmm. these are the same community that went and blamed Naomi for her husband's drinking problem. So yeah, she that's that, did that happen? That happened. Yes. So she, so yes. Yeah, people so, were on fucking Twitter talking about like. Oh, get your get your husband and like other people were like, yeah, it's Naomi's fault. Like, oh, fuck? Where, had, where do you even come up whoa. with that theory? You had whole uh, ass white humans saying mm-hmm. words like this. So yeah, I yeah. mean, to me, I'm just like, nah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't really, you know, I don't really dig that. I mean, you know, hey, I mean, whatever the case is, I hope Kenesha's got health insurance. Yeah, uh, yeah, but yeah. yeah, but you look at that card, and here's the thing: like, I look at the SummerSlam card and. I, I remember telling my homie, I was like, I'm not really excited for any of this, but I know it's going to be good. I was excited for Edge versus Seth because it had never that was a great. Before. That was a great match. That, that was, was my favorite match. match. That was my favorite match on the card. So Definitely. I was like, that'll, that'll be dope. You know, we can enjoy this. So that's cool. Uh, they 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 said Bianca Belair is a piece of shit oh in the God. middle of the ring. <laughs> And, yeah. and, they, and they sack of shitted her in the middle of the ring. Beat her. I'm not yeah. worried about that. I'm not. I'm yeah. not. I'm not worried about beating her. It, it was. It, it was, was upsetting in the moment. The, well, I mean, to me, I, I just I immediately looked at it from the perspective of what is to be gained here. The yeah. only thing you can do is only thing you can do is if you sack of shit her in the ring in 15 seconds, all she all you can do is you can either turn her heel to give her an out for that thing, or you turn Becky Lynch heel, but then all that means is that your heel or your slow burning heel just sack of shitted the woman who main evented WrestleMania in 15 seconds. Yeah, your your top face. Right. So what is the perception going forward? Because now all you telling me is I'm supposed to want to see a match that I don't already seen that went 15 seconds. Yeah. And, And you telling me that Bianca Belair, the EST, this physical phenom, can't get past this 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 Irish woman. Yeah, that's this, this CrossFit goddess. Yeah, can't that, that, beat this little short a regular Irish a regular ass body that, slam or some and, and shit. That, right? And not even not even so much beat her. Look, you can beat her, but which elbow to the face and the rock bottom? Cool. Yeah. All, yeah. all you telling me is I like to I say it was I, a bookend. Yeah, 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 yeah it was more like that. Yeah. <laughs> all, all, all you telling me is I just shouldn't take none of this seriously. Word. There's nothing like, to address. You're, you're 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 telling me you have to do some magic with that Becky Lynch heel turn. And you're going to have to have Becky start running and running and running. But even when you have her running and acting like a snivelly, cowardly heel, I still remember her forearming Bianca Belair in the face and yep. giving her the rock bottom in 15 seconds. Yep. So to me, I'm like, yeah, why should she have to fight her again? She beat her in 15 seconds. I'm going to run too. Why well, I got to yeah. fight too? I don't yep. already- There's nothing to care about. Nothing yeah. to care about. So, so I'm not saying they can't get it back. I'm saying that in the within the 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 scope of pro wrestling, that is generally not how you do. If you want to, honestly, here's what I would have suggested: have Carmella hit Bianca Belair in the back with the chair, right as they ring the bell. Referee doesn't see it because he's saying ring the bell, and then Becky comes in, boom, does the manhandle one, two, three. That gives Bianca a clear out. Then everyone's like, yo, Becky, why'd you take advantage? Yeah, why'd you do that? And then it's like questionable. You have a little bit of like tension building. And before she addresses everybody, it's kind of like y'all leaves everybody this, hanging. Y'all giving this dimension having old nigga too much credit. Like he's yeah. not going to think about any of that. <laughs> well, and, and, <laughs> None of that. And also, and also it's like, hey, you know, it's like. It, it's not that hard to book. It ain't that hard to book. None of that stuff is that hard the to cra- book. The craziest thing is, I, I, I yell with Satoya about this all the time, is he's the nigga that taught us how to book. <laughs> he taught us mm-hmm. how to book shit, and then all of a sudden, like he said, uh, slopping down on some on some salad that probably needed more arugula and less fucking ranch. Yeah, it was probably uh, we make movies. No, the fuck you don't. Yeah, this is, they're not movies. You're not. Mm-hmm. You don't even tell a beginning, this, middle, and end. No. This is a clown yeah. show, there, and we there, know there it. Have, we love it. <laughs> there have been too many instances, and again, I want to talk to the the. I want because the audience. Oh man, you're just getting hard on WWE. No, I'm gonna be critical of any product. I can be critical about every single product, and I can actually tell you who I think the most important world champion in professional wrestling actually is. 
I can actually do that and give you succinct reasons why. So I'm, now you have to say it. <laughs> uh, uh, we just lost the title, Nick Aldis. Nick Aldis was oh, the most important oh. world, and I'll and I'll explain it after I give this thing. Please do. I, I I I these critiques of WWE are, and I'm giving you these critiques now because I have more things to watch, right? And people want to sit there, and there are people that are going to be like, "Oh man, AEW can do no wrong." No, of course they can't. AEW's brand new though; they haven't built up the decades-long bad faith that the WWE has. For everything the WWE's gotten right, they've equally gotten something else wrong. So, and and oftentimes for years, uh, like for five to ten years, we have just been giving you a bad product um, with too many losses, or and not enough wins. So mm-hmm. I think that right now there's good, there's a reaction online for a lot of fans. They're like, you guys are just hating on WWE and you're just praising AEW to the moon. AEW don't got this track record. AEW don't, they don't got that time in. So you, so you out here saying, wait, I shouldn't be, I, I should be, I should be holding new boo to the same standards. I'm holding old, old boo to old boo. Abuse me. Yeah. Like it's, it's not the same. This yeah. is not to sit there and say I won't be over. No, but I know how old Boo acts. I know more about their behaviors. I know more about their proclivities. As a Word. result, I, as a result, I am less trusting of old Boo. This does not mean yeah. that I want to see old Boo fail. No, because then, then the homies, then what that mean for Kofi? What that mean for Sasha? What that mean mm-hmm. for Bianca? What that mean for E? What that? Mm-hmm. I mean, what that mean for Apollo? You know what I'm saying? Like, what that mean for Rhea Ripley? What that mean for all these other cats I care about? Now, the yeah. most important world champion, Nick Al, all this, just lost his title. Here's why yeah, he's the yeah, most important yeah. champion in all professional wrestling. I'll go back before the pandemic. Nick Aldis held the world title for about 1,043 <laughs> days. Combined That's reign. Crazy. Yeah, a combined reign. He's got two world title reigns. A combined How many reign. years is that? I was about to try to do That's the almost math. Three. three. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's basically, yeah, he would have he hit three years in about six weeks. Um. His combined total is a 1,331 days, which uh, puts him, uh, he's like 200 days behind Gene Kaninsky. Gene Kaninsky, mm-hmm. the world champion who ended the like crazy long like reign of Luthez back in the, in the 50s. Now, the NWA is the oldest world's title in American professional wrestling. Now, it is not nearly as strong as it used to be from the 80s, of course. Uh, but this is as strong as they have been in well over 20, 25 years. So that is important yeah. to note. All these other wrestling companies are managed by, uh, you know, many, many people, let's say. So it's not just Tony Khan. It's not just Vince McMahon. That's a publicly traded company, WWE. Mm-hmm. AEW has billions of dollars. Uh, ROH has, you know, um, they got Sinclair Broadcasting backing them impact wrestling i can't remember offhand the uh, broadcasting company that's backing them right nwa has billy corgan now i'm not saying he doesn't YouTube. have partnerships. <laughs> yeah, I'm, not, I'm not saying he doesn't have partnerships but he's got you got william corgan okay as the as the top guy you know makes all the decisions now what this means is as you're revamping nwa and nick aldis was the champion and you're trying to put on this the, it was like the, the 10 pounds of gold series they did you know, they had to go and rebuild their whole roster, rebuild the whole NWA, and then Nick Aldis's name as the world's heavyweight champion has to then draw every single card that they do to justify mm. their goals of power in studio wrestling. Because remember, when Nick first got the title, there was no studio wrestling. Mm. He had to do stuff with Cody. He had to build and build and build his name brand. So all of a sudden the NWA title starts to mean something so that when it's on the marquee of an independent show, that show actually starts to sell out. Mm-hmm. So when you start an NWA power, they can get the, the, the views that they need and they can make sure they can sell out that studio audience. So when they start doing pay-per-views again, they can justify the buys. Now, if Nick Aldis is not doing the job appropriately, you have to take the title off of him um, very quickly in short order and put it on to someone else because the NWA is a company that actually the ticket sales that they gross matter more than yeah. any other company in professional yeah. wrestling. Yeah, because they don't have the, the, they don't, the I exactly. guess, the safety net that everybody yeah, else not, has. I feel not like. at all. So then when pandemic happens, who is the first champion amongst all of the, like, in the independent champions to pop up? Nick Aldis. Nick Aldis was the first one on, on their YouTube channel saying, here's what we're going to do. We're in this position. But he was literally the face of that company going forward. 
when they started doing stuff uh, with uh, with uh, pro wrestling from Hollywood again, he was on that card to make sure people knew the NWA was still out there. When they started doing crowds again, the NWA Empower show, that venue was great and it was sold out. And yes, it was sold out because it was women's wrestling, but also Nick Aldis because everyone knew NWA 73 was coming up right away. So at all those points, Nick Aldis had to be a draw enough for the NWA that they were seeing consistent growth and positive results to justify keeping the title on him. Nick Aldis was the most important world champion, uh, probably I'd say of the past three years. I will not argue that because you, you had so many fucking notes yeah. and uh, <laughs> you cited all of your sources. Uh, bibliography, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. fucking bibliography in that joint too. Yeah, I mean, well, I had to think about it because of the fact that it got, it just got me thinking. All of pandemic and all this, it's like, oh, man, you got to – there was no one more important to any one company than Nick Aldis. And, mm-hmm. and again, like, this is not – like, New Japan been going through it, right? They got, yeah. they got Shingo now who's like, you know, who's – but, you know, some of their guys can't go there. Jay White can't go there. Coda's been – Coda's yeah. been hurt. Osprey broke his neck. But yeah. none, of them, none of them dudes, none of them dudes were as important. Roman Reigns is not as important. Bobby Lashley is not as important. Kenny Omega is not as important mm-hmm. um, as, as Nick Aldis, as world champion, is to the to the NWA. He was the most important champion in, in pro wrestling for the fact that that company literally, you know, basically lived and died by him over a period of time. Mm. That's real. Real quick, uh, Keen, I know you were talking about uh, Buddy Matthews. Uh, you wanted to Buddy talk Murphy. about Buddy Buddy Murphy. What, what'd that man do? What'd that man do? Buddy Matthews is, is his oh, name, uh, the new name that he's going by, right? His mama name and Buddy Matthews. I yeah, Buddy I don't think I, fuck, I don't know if I like I don't that. Know. I don't, I don't, know need, I don't like, like it. It's Buddy weird. Matthews. It's uh, weird. I just, uh, I happen to, to see that uh, today was like the day that like the thing was lifted for their uh, their 90 day no complete, no, no compete clause. Uh, and my man said, I'm free. But he fucked up. He put up a picture of two hands with chains uh, being broken. <laughs> and then people were like, hey, buddy, uh, you sure about that? He immediately <laughs> deleted it, put up an apology post like, hey, I am fucking sorry. I did not mean it that way. It looked like I'm very sorry. Then he replaced it with, with birds <laughs> flying out of the cage. And I'm like... He's like, I'm Australian. I didn't know. Yeah, like, exactly. Exactly. He's not from here. I don't blame here's, him. Here's, here's, here's what I will say. He's Australian, but they got Aborigines down there, too. Um, <laughs> but also, but you know what? Hey, you know what? Honestly, I, I ain't, I ain't going to sweat it. That's not for me to trip over. Like, yeah. for, for, I, it, I just can't. I If I fight all them battles, we can't go outside. Now, if there's a... No, I just again, wanted to bring that up. That's all. I'm yeah, not saying that. Oh, it, and if there's a pattern of behavior going forward, that's something different. But that's the first I ever seen from that man to indicate. And that's just like, that's just being gauche. I'm like, all right, yeah. Yeah, he just had a a, a Latino girlfriend who's like 20 years younger than him. <laughs> He's like, I can do this. That was not up to him. That was not, he did not want to do that. <laughs> he had an empanada for the first time. He's like, you know what? I can do this. Oh, hey, that's right. And then, and then Vince said, wait, that's interracial dating too? No, I'll get rid of it. Yeah, right. He's like, Ray, I thought you were white. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, man. Now, Satoyo, you got a, a show tonight, correct? Yes, I do. All right. Well, where where are you going to be at? And by the time uh, people hear this shit, they, yeah, they ain't going to I'll be at Off Leash Comedy at Fergie's Pub. Hey, do work, do work. Do you? Um, I you you got to get going, don't you? I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm a half, I'm a half block from there, but I do got a shower like at some point. I do have one question for you before. Yeah, lay it on me. All right. So, no, uh, I think, I think, I don't know. You can correct me if I'm wrong, guys. I've built up a little bit of reputation for hating things that bring people joy. Um, so right now, is there anything, Satoyo, that you or anyone in the wrestling uh, 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 industry right now that you know you you hate just like you just like i just don't i just, I just when you see it you're just like ugh, ugh. oh yeah easily without question and i want to preface it with i do not know this individual they may be a swell person that is not what i am here to comment on mm-hmm. but you mm-hmm. motherfuckers are going to stop okay and it is your fault you let it get this far you let it get this far and i didn't want this i didn't want any of this i was living my life 
And you people come out here week after week and you try to tell me that Adam Cole matters. I'm sick of it. <laughs> I am tired of it. That guy is overrated. He is basically the young bucks as a singles wrestler. Okay. It ain't nothing but thigh slaps, dumb facials. And you're not going to convince me a man who's smaller than me height wise and physically less imposing than me going to be a draw. You can't do it. Okay. Adam Cole, baby. And that's how he gets over. You're not doing it. I'm sorry. I've been watching Adam Cole longer than so many of you have been watching Adam Cole. And I remain unimpressed. It ain't hitting, dog. It is not hitting. And I, I hope, I hope so bad. You know what I hope? You know what I hope? I hope so bad that he signs with, with WWE so he doesn't go anywhere else. Do you understand me? Because if he goes to other places, that means I might have to see more Adam Cole. But if he stays where he's at, then it's good. I want, you know what I would like? I would like, I would like Adam Cole to be on SmackDown just so I could know he'd never be universal champion. That would bring me to it. <laughs> or, 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 hey, even if he were universal champion, great. Guess what? Be universal champion on WWE programming and never go anywhere else. I don't want to <laughs> see you and your wife or your fiance or your girlfriend. Or, I don't want to see you guys in a mixed tag match. I don't want to see you nowhere. I'm so, I just don't want to see it. I don't want to see your thigh slaps. I don't want to see you butcher the Canadian destroyer. I don't want to see your shitty knee strikes. I don't want to see you pull down your knee strap. I don't want to see boom. I don't want to see none of that because it ain't doing it. It ain't doing it. Okay. That's white man comedy that gets too much too soon. I don't care for it. I'm tired of it. It ain't nothing. And again, people are going to say, oh, no, you are the nah. Adam Cole, listen. At this stage in his career, Kyle O'Reilly is a far better worker than Adam Cole is. A far better yeah. worker. But so yeah, but no, no. Now, but now, real quick, you first of all, you you know he's going to AEW, right? <laughs> first, 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 first. There's no need for violent language. I thought we were having a nice time. I, 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 I man, if he should, I'm gonna be so hurt. I'm just gonna be so hurt, dude. Yeah. Just honest, because I just, I just, is it? No, it's, it's not anything. It's just not. I'm, I've seen mm -hmm. him in Ring of Honor. I honestly thought in Ring of Honor that was really kind of when he was at his best. Um, mm -hmm. yeah, I and I just, I just don't, I just don't, I just don't need. I, I, I don't want this. <laughs> it's not a thing <laughs> that I want. Yeah. Again, I ain't saying he doesn't work hard. I'm not saying he's not good on the microphone. I am not saying he's not a decent human being. That is not a thing I know. Nor is it, is it my business to know. I'm saying. That I blame a lot of y'all for sitting that in the IWC that has heavy incel sometimes energy. Mm. I blame y'all for 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 making it. He's he's grossly overrated. He's just grossly overrated. But um, he reminds us of Shawn Michaels. Yeah, and guess <laughs> what? And guess, that's not a good thing. Shawn Michaels. <laughs> if you look at it within the pantheon, Shawn Michaels is a tremendous in ring performer. Awesome in ring performer. All that is the last thing you need is another Shawn Michaels. You know who's also an amazing in-ring performer? Brian Danielson. You know who he's trained by? Shawn Michaels. Yeah, Does he look anything true. like him? No. Because you, you can be you can be you can be trained by someone and you don't gotta mimic every single thing that they do, uh, quite frankly. And honestly, if you want to back someone who 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 had Shawn Michaels elements to him, then back Dolph Ziggler. He was a perfect combination of Kurt Henning and Shawn Michaels. More yeah. Kurt so far as I'm concerned. So you could put your money on that horse, a guy who actually is way better than Adam Cole. This Adam Cole. Dude. <laughs> well, I'm glad, Cole. James. Uh, uh, thank you for, for prompting that rant. Uh, I, I hope to make this more of a regular thing. And that, Toyo, I don't know. Uh, I, I know you got to get going for your show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Keen had to dip out. And for the listeners, he had to dip out. I, well. It's actually the same show that I'm going to like, after this is over, I'm going to go in and be like, hey, I'm, I'm yeah. here. <laughs> Word. So, um, yeah, thank you so much, dude. You got to come oh, yeah. back on, yo. Um, Bro, anytime, man. I'm down. I, this was a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. Sir. James, you got anything? Um, I, I know Satoyo, uh, well, for, yeah, do you have any plugs that you want to yeah. Oh, yeah, please follow me. Follow me on Instagram, uh, TikTok, Twitter, uh, all the social media platforms at Satoyo1. That is S-E-T-O-I-Y-O-1. Uh yeah, so follow me there. Yeah. And thank you. Yeah. yeah, hell yeah. Marsh, you got anything? Um I'll be at a Dalak. I don't how do you pronounce that? Dalak. 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 I don't know. Uh, We're terrible. Yeah, I'll be there. Yeah, I don't know. I'll be there. Uh, okay. Yeah, I'm gonna be there. 
I'll be there. Um, and then uh, we got I got a few improv shows coming up in, later on in September. Uh, I believe that, yeah, we talked about it the week of the 22nd through the 25th. Uh, Night Shift will be performing, um, not yet rated, and Study Hall I'll be on. Um, you can just go on xroadscomedy.com and find out all those deets because I don't fucking know them right now. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Yeah, same for me, xrosecomedy.com. I'm at James B. Knight, K-N-I-G-H-T, on all of the social media stuff, Twitch included. Go there, give me some dollars if if you want to hear me curse at some video games from time to time, uh, uh, inconsistently, but still entertaining. Um, that's all I got. Hell yeah. Yeah, so I, for, for Keen Cobb, uh, our very, very special guest, Otoyo, uh, Oh yeah, we gotta end the show. Uh, we 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 like to end the show with a little phrase. Uh, Marcy, uh, fuck Hulk Hogan, right? Fuck Hulk Hogan, yeah. Oh fuck yeah, Hogan. easy. Oh yeah, fuck Hulk Hogan. Yeah, fuck, fuck Hulk Hogan. Hogan. Yes, yes. All right, y'all. Yes. Thank you. Hell yeah. Yep. Peace.